So we are in the middle of a sermon series on the Blue Water Distinctives. And we happen to be uh, at the beginning of the sabbatical of our uh, senior pastor's uh, sabbatical time. And um, so I'm, I've just been getting really good feedback uh, from everyone regarding uh, the teaching and, and having some of our leaders share. Um, and I really feel like this is uh, a time for us as a church to um, kind of like show ourselves to ourselves or remind ourselves of who we are. You know, we are, uh, and, and I, I feel like we're experiencing a lot of fruit in that time so far. Um, so uh, tonight, today we're going to do our final kingdom uh, distinctive, which is supernaturalism, and Vern is going to uh, be our teacher for today, and I was thinking about how to inter- introduce Vern. Um, one, she's a founder of Blue Water Mission, and um, she, she's also uh, really helped to kind of shape and mold uh, the the justice that is done in this church and the fact that it is a justice-oriented church. So thank you, Vern, for all of that. Um, And then I was thinking, like, well, what's one cool thing about Vern? And I think one one way Jordan kind of described Blue Water was he said, well, everybody at Blue Water is a weirdo, you know, but we have normal weirdos and then we have exotic weirdos. And Vern is kind of like an exotic weirdo. That's, that's how Jordan described her. Um, but one interesting thing that I find ministering with Vern or being her friend or just being around is that she's like one of the most uh, down-to-earth, straightforward, regular people that I know. And so I was thinking, wow, like it's so cool to get to hear her preach and speak. It's almost like watching a superhero movie like before they were a superhero. So it's like... Whenever I get to, to talk to Vern, I like hear the origins of, you know, what she does in ministry. And funny enough, she's wearing a Captain America shirt today. We didn't plan that, but <laughs> so come up, Vern, and thank you for sharing. Well, I'm very excited to be here with you guys today, and thank you, TJ, for the awesome intro. Um, love you guys, and I love this topic of supernaturalism. Um, If you can go to the first slide. So talking about being a bit of a weirdo, I always was. So this is a picture of me as a kid. And I got uh, a big hat and the brim flipped up and a funky plaid shirt and some sneakers and all kinds of different colors and things going on there. But what I wanted to share with you guys was that my childhood wish was that miracles were real. I just, I really wanted miracles to be present in the here and now, like in this day. And I would hear all of these stories by the Sunday school teachers, right? You have like felt boards and things like that. And they, you know, Jesus and all the disciples and everything that they were doing, right? So you got like healing the sick and that the blind can see and walking on water and and calming the waves and Uh, all of these amazing miracles and like multiplying food and I would actually try to do all of these things so like I would go to school and then I would try and like multiply peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or (laughs) you know my mom she would have something going on the stove and it would be boiling 
the pot and then she'd tell me to go over and like turn it down or something. Instead, I'd go over there and stare at it for a minute and like see if I could will it to like calm down and like <laughs> the weather. And my grandparents, they lived on a river, so I'd try to go out to the river and see if I could walk on it and it didn't work. So I kept trying all of these things, but it never worked. So then I was just kind of disappointed. Like, I don't know what all these Bible stories are for. I don't know what Jesus was talking about, but he must have been talking about something else because obviously it's not happening right now. So um, fast forward a bit. Uh, I think you can go to the next slide. Fast forward a bit. So I show up like 15 years later at Nightlife, and Nightlife was pre-Blue Water. So I show up there, and here's this guy, Jordan, talking about how miracles are real. And I'm really intrigued. Like, what is he talking about, and how is this going to happen? We were a really small crowd then. It was a brand new service. We didn't have a lot of people. Uh, Will and Rachel were there. John Roberts was there. TJ was actually there. Uh, he was one of the ones that hooked me in and kept me from, from leaving. But when he, Jordan announced that we were going to have a healing service. And I thought, all right, I'm going to go to this thing. He says that we're supposed to invite all of our friends and family, particularly anybody that's sick, and they should come. I didn't know anybody on the island. I hadn't been here that long. So I didn't have anybody to invite, but I wanted to see if this guy can do a miracle. He says that he can, so I'm going to show up. I'm sitting right up in the front. I want to see some miracles happen. What's going to happen? right? So I'm sitting there, and Jordan's up there talking, and you guys know how this goes, right? If you've been around here, uh, Jordan, you know, is asking the crowd, does anybody uh, have an illness or a sickness or something that if it was healed right now, you would immediately know that it would be different, okay? We were a really sparse crowd, and on this day, we were just slightly less sparse. So we had some more people there. Happened to be in my row, there was an older uh, elderly couple sitting at the end, and they raised their hands. So I thought, like, oh, this is cool. Maybe he's going to tell them to go up front, or maybe he's going to come down here, and then he's going to do some sort of miracle, and I'm going to see this. There were some other people in the crowd also behind that had also raised their hand. So I'm waiting for Jordan to do it. And instead, what he says is he says to all of us to get up and go over and pray for the people. So I'm like, What? It's crazy. I've already tried this before. It doesn't work. So I go over there to these people. It's an elderly Japanese couple, and they don't really speak English that well, and I don't really understand um, what they're saying. But I get the idea that for the older man, there's something going on in the head region, maybe the eyes that we're praying for. I'm not too sure. And I'm the only person there to pray for them because I'm the only regular attender in this row. So I am not really in a position of a lot of faith. I am trying to pray, think of something good to say, but I don't know what to say. I don't know what I'm doing. And what's really going through my head is like, I hope I don't disappoint these people so bad that they have no, pa no faith left when Jordan actually prays for them and they get some real healing prayer and something like really happens to them. So I just feel like I'm this, this substitute, like wasting time. So I'm trying to pray for them, and then Jordan checks in in a few minutes, right? Okay, anybody got healing? What have you experienced? So I'm trying to look around and, and see, is, is there somebody who raised their hand? What are they saying? I'm trying to hear. This older Japanese couple is trying to get my attention and, like, tap me on the shoulder. 
I'm like, hi, and then uh, he, he's, he, I don't know, they're trying to say thank you, and they keep reading my name tag, and they keep saying like, oh, Veronica, Veronica, oh, oh, thank you, thank you, and I'm like, okay, yeah, thank you, yes, you're welcome, okay, yeah, okay, thanks, yes, good, okay, you know, and I'm getting, I'm kind of irritated, like, I want to look around and see if there's a miracle here, why do you keep saying my name over and over again, this is so weird. So I end up going home and feeling like I didn't really like see anything. And so I'm kind of disappointed. And so, but life just kind of carries on. So I'm like, again, life is just carrying on. And in my opinion, it's kind of boring and nothing exciting is happening, right? A few weeks later, we have a leadership meeting. <clears throat> and Jordan shares that he just heard that there was like a major miracle at the healing service, and he didn't know about it until now. So I'm all ears and eyes. I'm like, what happened? This is amazing. I, how did I miss it? I wanted to see it. I've been waiting my whole life to see this. So he starts telling us that this lady wrote him. Some lady has been searching for his email address all these weeks, trying to figure out how to contact him. Basically, she has these um, parents that had come to the healing service, and they happened to be elderly Japanese people, and her dad was legally blind, and now he can read the newspaper without glasses. <laughs> so I interrupt Jordan. I'm like, oh! And he's like, what? What? What are you? Did you know about this? And I was like, well, there was a Japanese couple, and the guy kept reading my name tag over and over again, and I didn't know why. <laughs> so sometimes the miracle is right in front of us, and we totally don't even see it. But what was cool about this experience, and we can go to the next one, is that I realized, like, it's true. Like, Jesus didn't mean something else. He wasn't talking to somebody else. He was actually talking to us. Like, we are the believers. I am the believer. It, it was real. And so that brings us to our text this, this morning, and you can find it in your bulletin, or you can look up here on the big screen. So I'll read it real quickly. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So I'm like, it's real. Like, it's true. We can do this. Let's go to the next slide. But what stands out to me is he's talking about the works, it's in bold there, and then also so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Why is Jesus saying, why does he include this? Like, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Why is God choosing to work through his Son? Why is Jesus telling us to do the works, to do the things, so that the Father may glor be glorified? And I look at that and I think, well, Jesus was God's son, and, and we're referred to as sons and daughters of the high king, of God. He is Papa God. He is Father God. And so he is glorified when we are partnering with him. He actually wants to partner with us. God is more than capable of showing up and doing big miracles all by himself, but he wants this to be a partnership. And so by us trying and us getting involved, we're actually bringing glory to the Father. 
You can go to the next one. I want to highlight another verse, and this one is just up here and not in your, uh, not in your bulletins. So this is Mark 16, 15, 18. This is a similar text, but this is just Mark's version of what Jesus said. And this is during the Great Commission when Jesus has already been risen um, from the dead, and he's getting ready to ascend to heaven. And so this is where he talks about the works, and it's recorded. So go into all of the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, sick people, and they will get well. So these are the kind of works. Exactly. This is exciting. Like, we can do this here and now, us, as we are. We can partner with God in that he's excited to partner with us to do these things. We can go to the next slide. So... This is super exciting for me at that point in time in life. I'm like, wow, things can change. Like sickness, disabilities, death. We have direct communication with heaven. Like we can hear from God. Anything and everything is fair game now. Okay, so what do I decide to do? We can go to the next one. I'm just excited, like, oh, it's about to get real. Like, we are going to start changing things in this world. Things do not have to stay the same. So the first thing I decide is, like, other people need to hear about this. Now, I don't have much training, but I decide that's what's going to happen. And so I go into Jordan's office. I don't even know Jordan that well because I'm an introvert. He's an introvert. It's not like we hung out and talked or anything, you know? Like, I would show up and I would leave. So I walk into his office, though. I'm a bold introvert. And I say, you know what? I want all of your notes. I want all of your notes on all supernatural teaching. I want your prophecy notes on dreams, on healings, on demons, on intercession. Give me everything. I want all of your notes. And what I've decided is that I'm going to go back to my home church, which I grew up in. I was there every Sunday my entire life. Like, literally, the first Sunday I was alive, I was in church. And I was there every Sunday, and they've never talked about this stuff. And I was thinking, this church is full of elderly senior citizens. Uh, my home church is. Everybody had gray hair when I was a little kid. Everybody's hair is just more gray now. You know, so I'm like, they need to know about this stuff. This is going to be radical. So I decided I'm going to take a trip to Delaware. And it's nice that my uncle is the pastor. So I have a way in there. Uh, they're a little, like, kind of taken aback by my email, like, what are you talking about? And I show up there, and miraculous provision of flights. One, I'm broke as I can be. Like, we don't have any money. Literally, at church one night, I, I have been praying, like, God, okay, you want me to go to Delaware? I feel like that there's a call to teach these people, but how am I going to get there? I don't have any money. One night, I leave church. I get home, and once I get home, in my bag, there is an envelope full of cash, and I go and look online and look at the tickets, and it was cash down to the dollar that I needed to be able to buy a flight home. It was absolutely amazing. So I'm preparing, right? I've got Jordan's notes. I've got my tickets, but I'm feeling like I need a partner, right? Jesus sent people out two by two. So how am I going to talk somebody into flying all the way to Delaware? I mean, you guys, this is a long flight. One, you got all your changeovers. It's like 14 hours to get there. 
to Philadelphia, and then you have to drive. If there's no traffic, it's middle of the night. You can get there in like two hours, but usually there's traffic. So it's like a four-hour drive to get down to this area. So who wants to do that? I think of a friend, and I ask her. Uh, she has not really been active. She is like super introvert, even more introverted than Jordan, more introverted than I. But I ask her, I feel like that you're supposed to go with me. She says, no way. She doesn't have money. She doesn't have time to take off of work. She doesn't have airline miles, or she has airline miles, but there's no seats available. I at least talked to her in the checking. And so time is going by week after week. And I'm like, oh, she's supposed to go. She's supposed to go. So the Friday before, I'm getting ready to meet her for lunch. And like my heart is just aching and I'm so frustrated. I'm like, God, I don't understand. You said that Connie is supposed to be with me in Delaware. I feel it so strong. I leave like this weekend or Monday or something. I was like, and she doesn't have a ticket. How is this going to happen? So I go to lunch and meet up with her. And I'm just telling her, you know what? I really feel like you're supposed to be there. So we're talking about it. She's telling me at lunch how it can't happen. Get back to our desk. Um, she works in a different office downtown than what I was working in. So she goes ahead and she checks again, and there's now seats available for the airline miles. It had been completely blacked out, and now there's seats available. So she can't believe it. It's, she's instant messaging me. Ah, I can't believe it. There's seats available. But she's like, there's no way I can ask my boss off of work at this point. I mean, it's just like day's notice. Why would he say yes? She was the only employee in the office. She handled everything for him while he was out of the office. Like, how is she just going to pick up and leave? She doesn't have a working laptop. She can't even take something with her. I'm just excited. I'm like, yeah, God, you're going to do this. And then <laughs> it was so exciting. Saturday morning, I talk her into it, and we go to Best Buy, and we buy, like, a new hard drive for her laptop, and we're like, tinkering with this laptop and trying to put it together. We finally get it so it can turn on. So I'm like, okay, the laptop is working. You got to call your boss. And she's so nervous that she's pacing around her living room. And I'm just like cheering, like, yeah, yeah. So she goes into the other room. She doesn't want to be near me. She goes into the other room. She calls her boss. And he says, yes, no problem. She can go. So she gets on the computer, immediately books the tickets with the airline miles, gets it all processed through and immediately goes back to look, there's no more tickets available. She got the only tickets, they were only available for 24 hours, less than that, it was basically from lunchtime to uh, morning time the next day, and she was able to get her tickets. Absolutely amazing. So we show up in Delaware, and what I've scheduled is five nights of teaching and a healing service. I've decided I'm gonna teach them everything. We're gonna have breakthrough. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes I get a little too uh, anxious, but it worked out. There was one guy, this old guy, he was healed from cancer. You know what the awesome thing is about praying for a church full of senior citizens? They go to the doctor all the time. So you don't have to wait long to get results. So within a week, we knew what had happened. This guy had been completely healed of cancer. He was just waiting to die. He shows up at the doctor's office. His cataracts are gone. His sight is restored. His cancer is completely gone. He becomes completely on fire. He decides to start signing up for mission trips and continues to go on mission trips until the day he actually does die. He, he, he was 
so charged from it. A lady with emphysema, she loved being able to breathe clear and fine. People's blood pressure was regulated. Their joints were he healed. Their shoulders were released. They had frozen shoulders. Um, cholesterol was brought down. Everything was brought down. And these people were so excited. They started doing Bible studies on the Acts study. They started up a little healing team at the church. Everybody was on fire. I was like, yes, guys, go for it, go for it. And Everybody had been so nervous, though, before I came. So it, it was super exciting to see all of them get charged about this. One of my favorite stories was after I left. Um, my uncle, who was the pastor there, he was also a chaplain in the fire department. This is such a rural area that we just have volunteer fire departments, you know, volunteer chaplains. So that was one of his volunteer positions. And he got called to a really awful accident. I think it was a fellow firefighter. Now this was over 10 years ago, so I'm hoping I get my details right. I believe it was a fellow firefighter. I don't know what had happened, but he had got pinned between two fire trucks. So one had pulled forward or the brakes released or I don't know what happened, but he got smashed between two fire, fire trucks. So my uncle shows up and the guy is conscious, but he's pinned between the actual fire trucks. Uh, they're waiting for a helicopter to arrive before they actually separate them because they don't know what things are going to be like. As far as they can see, the bumpers are touching on the fireworks. Like they don't think that, you know, on the fire trucks, that they think he's just going to die when they separate these. But they're praying, and my uncle tries praying for healing and just for God to show up. And I, I remember him contacting me after this, and he was so excited because they pulled apart the fire trucks, and the man was completely fine. Nothing was wrong with him at all. So... I share these stories with you guys because I want you to know that anybody can do this and you don't need a ton of training or a ton of expertise to be able to do these things. Um, and you're at Blue Water. And if you don't know, we, we love miracles. Like we try for them every week. So I want to share with you guys a few of the miracles that we've seen here uh, around the church and over time since we've been a part of this. So in the early days... Callie and I were praying for Tony Lee. And again, we were very, very new at these things. And Tony, is Tony here? With the, serving coffee or with the kids? Okay, so, oh, there's Tony. Hey, Tony. He's at the back with headphones. So Tony was getting radiation treatment, right, on your neck. And so he had cancer. And he had been getting radiation treatment. And I remember he came up to the front line. We were praying. And he had his collared shirt up. And he pulled his collar over. And his neck was just completely raw. I mean, from my memory, there was portions of it that just looked like raw hamburger. I mean, it was just raw. It didn't look good. I mean, it was just so painful. And he was just cringing. And he, and he had like a few scabs. But for the most part, it was just like a lot of rawness where his skin had just been completely burnt off by the radiation. So Callie and I were praying for him. And I think maybe Michelle Choate was there. I don't know. But we're praying. And we just pray for a few minutes. And then we look up. And Tony is grabbing his neck with his hands. And he's like, it's better. It's better. It's better. And we look, and it's completely pink, fresh, new skin grown over the entire area all the way around. <laughs> totally amazing. Like, yeah, God. We went to Thailand the first year that I was at the church. And um, 
we saw, we got to travel with Jordan. We had no idea that we were going to be his healing team. Uh, he just kind of throws us into these things. But we're, we're there, and we end up in this little village, and we're walking around and trying to pray for people. And I remember we went into this one shack. I was afraid that we were going to make the shack fall down. They're built up on stilts, and we're like twice as tall as all of the people there. And um, a bunch of us crowd into this little rickety shack on bamboo poles. And we get in there, and then we're praying for this guy. He's sitting there, and we're praying for him. But... Uh, I don't understand anything that's going on because I don't speak the language. And then we pray for a little while, and then he gets up and he starts walking around his little uh, shack thing. And he's, like, kind of happy and whatever. I'm like, okay, well, that was great. You know, uh, I don't know what happened. And then later we found out that he couldn't walk before, and now he can walk. <laughs> so, like, this is totally exciting. Um, we went and prayed for this paralyzed man. This paralyzed man was in his shack. This was more like ground level, but he was right beside the witch doctor's house. So the witch doctor of the village was like right here, huge symbols and flags up to catch all the spirits in the region and pull them down. I remember John being there. There was some other people. We walked into this other guy's shack and like, I can't tell you what the spiritual oppression felt like in there. I have never felt anything so dark and so deep. This guy was paralyzed from the neck down. He couldn't move anything. And I just wanted to leave. I didn't want to be in that shack. I didn't want to pray for him. It was totally scary. But Jordan was like, no, we're going to pray. And so we all get in there, and we start praying for this guy. And he says that he starts feeling tingling and all these sensations moving through his fingers, moving through his legs, through his toes, that he had not felt anything in years and years. And he, he um, started crying and weeping that he could start to feel these things. Um, one of my favorite stories, I wasn't there for, but uh, Rachel and Michelle Choate, a friend of ours from way back. Rachel is married to Will, and Rachel's doing some of the children's ministry. But she was in Bangladesh on a missions trip. And her and Michelle were praying and speaking in tongues. They had no idea what they were saying. Suddenly all the Bangladesh women, they start crying and weeping and they don't know what's going on. And later they find out through a translator that the Bangladesh women were actually hearing what they were praying in Bangla. And it was a direct message that was speaking to them. So they spoke in tongues and the people understood it and they had no idea what was going on there. Um, more tongue story. We were at a Holy Spirit retreat, and I believe it was Annie that spoke in tongues, and then somebody else that she didn't know got the interpretation for it, and what they were interpreting, what they were saying was actually a message for a specific person named Nicole that we all knew, but she wasn't there that morning because she had had to leave. So the two people, the one speaking in tongues and the one interpreting, had no idea who this girl was, but all of the other leaders in the room knew who the girl was, and we were able to deliver that prophetic message. So you got people that never spoke in tongues, people that never interpreted tongues, and somebody that wasn't even there, and God was able to speak and reveal this amazing thing. Even more recently, we have Josh's healing. You guys remember Sonny talking about that in the healing rooms. Uh, when John and I did the Urban Plunge a couple of years ago, we cast out a demon out of, a, out of a girl, and after um, we were praying, and uh, she kind of vomited all over the floor, and then she was immediately, like, 
refreshed and better. And she said that she was able to see the world in like a whole new way. I mean, she was an amazing girl before, but she just felt like that the burdens and the things that she had been carrying in life and kind of these fears and, and ways in which she felt that the world was judging her and how she was judging other people in the world, all of that was melted off. And we went out... Um, on a, a ministry outreach that night down in Waikiki, and she was just one of the boldest ones and one of the most free. She was absolutely ecstatic about it. Um, even more recently, we have uh, John Roberts. He had a prophetic word for uh, somebody who needed healing in their shoulder and maybe their hip, and nobody responded to him. So he kind of felt kind of dumb up here, like saying that nobody responded. But what we found out later, there was this older guy here that was actually a cyclist, and he had been in a really bad accident, like bicycling accident, a few weeks before, and he had showed up, and he didn't believe anything, and he was sitting there, and this stuff related to him. And he thought in his head, well, God, if you're real, then you can heal me. I don't need to raise my hand. I don't need to go up and get prayer. You can just do this. So he starts to feel different. Um, by the time he's walking out the door, but he's still stubborn. He doesn't want to talk to anybody. And he's like, well, God, if you can heal my neck or my shoulder, why don't you heal the whole body? And then by the time I think he got to the car, his whole body was healed. Everything was completely better. And then he finally came back. It took a couple of weeks, but he came back and he finally gave his testimony here at church. Um, so, and then even more recently, Wednesday night, just this week, I... Um, uh, have my roommate, you guys know her, Grace, maybe you know her by Shannon, but she just had major surgery this week. So Grace and her son is Colin. So they live with us, and she had had major surgery on Wednesday. And Wednesday night, I believe it was. Was it Wednesday night or was it Thursday night? I don't know. Julie and I, Julie Olson and I, we were there, and uh, I asked Grace if I could share this. She said yes. So she had, her bladder was so full, she wasn't able to pee. So she had had the, the surgery. She probably had a catheter in that, that time, but she wasn't able to release any urine. And so you could physically see her stomach like protruding and her bladder was like super hard and we were pressing on it. And she just wanted to call the emergency room and like call the, call the ambulance and go in because she was afraid it was going to, going to burst. And so, um, we said, well, let's just pray for a second and then we'll try call the doctor on the phone. So we pray for her just for the muscles to relax. And within, I don't know, less than a minute, I would say, she started peeing. And she continued peeing throughout the whole night. She was up that whole night peeing completely better. And she was so thankful she didn't have to go back to the hospital or anything like that. She was so excited when I asked her if we could share that testimony. She's like, yes, it's amazing. She's like, tell them to pray for a bowel movement. <laughs> So she's still healing. She can't be here today. Um, but she was sending me messages at like 6 a.m. this morning, like telling me that she's praying and she's getting prophetic words and all of this kind of stuff. Um, but what I want to point out to you guys is like we can do miracles, but supernatural ministry is also so helpful. I mean, dreams was really the start of our justice ministry. Dreams and prophecy was really the start of Blue Water Mission. We had dreams and we had prophecy more than a year in advance that we were going to be starting our own standalone church. Um, one time I had a, a survivor that had come into me in the middle of the night, like maybe 5 a.m., 5.30 in the morning, and I invited her like, hey, you can come to church with me, but if you just want to sleep, you can sleep. 
because uh, it's only in a few hours, and she said that she wanted to come. She came in, and three other people in this church had had dreams or visions of her specifically that night before. And so she had all three of those people coming up to her throughout the service and saying, like, I saw you in my dreams, and this is the message that God has for you. I mean, completely just... I mean, she was broken down just sobbing through the whole service because every few minutes it was like somebody was coming to her and revealing something to her. And one of those that, were, um, that had the dream and had the vision and a word for her was actually a fellow survivor that didn't know her, was actually from a different part of the country, but it had those dreams and it had tapped into that word from God. Um, one time I had this girl call me, and this happens... Um, fairly frequently. Anyway, I had somebody call me, and uh, they were a trafficking survivor. They also had an addiction to meth, and we've been back and forth on this before, and so she had just smoked meth. I mean, like, just smoked meth, but she told me she wanted to get clean now, so it's just a few minutes. I believe it was early in the morning, and I needed to go to work, so I run over. I pick her up real quick, ask her to go through her bag, all the paraphernalia, you know, break the glass pipes, throw things away, uh, get up to the house, and she's just wired as she can be, because it's only been like a matter of minutes since she smoked meth. So super high, I need to go to work. I'm just thinking like, God, I don't have time for this. So I tell her, I'm like, okay, you know what? Sit down on this couch. I want you to lay down like you're gonna go to sleep. She's like, I'm not gonna go to sleep. I've been smoking meth for days. I was like, I know. Just lay down, okay? You're gonna lay down and I'm gonna pray for you to sleep because we don't have time for this. And <laughs> so I prayed for her and she passed out. And she, she did not wake up for two days. It was great. I had no stress whatsoever. You know, we can talk about things and work out things once that high is out of your system. Just sleep for two days. It was perfect. Uh, I had another survivor, and she had bad eyesight. Nobody could figure out how to correct it. We kept going to eye doctors. I mean, I had been working with her for years, going to eye doctors, going to specialists, all this kind of stuff. We get this appointment. It's supposed to be the specialist of the specialist. Over there, I took off work, we're sitting there, and what she really wants to do is she wants to join the military. And if nobody can figure out how to correct her vision, there's no way the military's gonna take her. Because not even with glasses, contact, surgery, they can't figure out any way that her vision can be corrected. And she has her heart set on that she is gonna go into the military and we have to do a physical exam uh, for that in just a matter of days, I think. And so I send a text message out to people and just tell them, hey, you know, like mostly the other, the other survivors, like, hey, pray for her because she doesn't realize that she can't get in to, she can't follow her dreams unless somebody finds a way to solve these eye issues. So I send that text message and the nurse is in there and she's checking her eyes. I think I'm sending it while the nurse is there. And she can't see, regardless what little flip things they do. She can't see, she can't read things. Um, it's not even good enough to get a driver's license. I mean, it's just bad eyes and they can't figure out how to correct it. So we're waiting for the actual doctor to come in. I'm just making small talk with her, but I'm nervous because I'm like, oh, her dreams are gonna be dashed. This is gonna be bad. Um, it's gonna send her into a tailspin. And then the doctor comes in and the doctor decides to check her eyes again, like do the flip thing. And this time, 
she can see perfectly fine without any of the flip things. And I thought the doctor was lying. I'm like, your doctor just wants to leave because it's after 5 p.m. It's been a long day. So I'm challenging the doctor, and I'm like, what do you mean she can see? She can't see. I've been with her for years. Do you know how many places we've been? She can't see. And she's like, no, she can see. And she like takes all the things away, and she tells her, like, okay, can you read this? And she reads everything on the chart. And I'm like, have you been lying to me for years? <laughs> like, are you just trying to get out of school? She's like, no, no. Uh, and I was like, how can she see? She couldn't see five minutes ago. And doctor's like, I don't know, maybe she blinked. And I'm like, blinked. And then finally it hits me. I'm like, have you been healed? And she's like, I think so. <laughs> I was like, wow, so she's been able to see ever since. Ever since she's been able to see. So um, let's go to the next one. So what can you do? Okay, because we have a tendency to think like I did, like, oh, Jordan's going to give the real prayer, and Jordan's going to heal people. Or we have a tendency to think like, oh, well, you know, maybe just Vern can do this. Not everybody can do this. But I believe that everybody can, and it's very simple for us to be able to plug in with God. Now, some of us may be gifted at certain things than other people, but that doesn't mean that we can't team up together and we can't tag team and actually do this and actually change the world. Because who is satisfied with the state of the world right now? Like who is satisfied with there being cancer, with there being sickness, with there being death, with there being disability, with people being stuck in addictions? Like who is satisfied with all of these things? We're not satisfied with those, right? So we can plug in and we can change things. Supernatural ministry has become such a part of my life. I mean, it is the everyday to the point where last night I was bending down to get something out of the fridge and my shoulder hurt. And I said, ow. And my two-year-old daughter was like, oh, what's wrong, mommy? And I was like, oh, well, my shoulder hurts. And she picks up my sleeve and she's like, let me see. And I was like, well, it's inside. You can't really see it. And she's like, okay, I can make you better. And she puts her hand on my shoulder, and then she says, Jesus, Jesus, shoulder be healed, amen. And then she goes, how is it, mommy? <laughs> so it's like, it's so simple, anybody can do it. That's exactly what we need to do. There is no special formula, okay? Like we plug in. All right, we plug into God and we plug in what's happening in the world around us. We recognize that people need to be set free, that we need each other, that there is a change that is possible. In Jesus' great commission, we're told to teach and preach the word and the good news and also display the power. Like both is there and available for us. So we plug into God, we plug into the world, and we see what needs to happen. We ask we just say, like, God, come. Like, God, heal this. God, do you have a prophetic message? God, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to say to this person? What do you want me um, to try? And then we decide to try it. We just give it a try. It may work. It may not work. You look at examples in the Bible, right? Jesus had to take two tries at healing one guy's eyesight. The first time he tried it, the guy said, well, I think I see people, but they look like trees. So it was really fuzzy. It didn't happen on the first time. So it's okay if it doesn't happen on the first time for us. And then we remember to check in, check in with the person and check in with God. If it's not 100%, then we just try again. 
So I want us all to walk through a little bit of an exercise of just tapping in and plugging into the Spirit of God, okay? So if everybody can just close your eyes right now and just kind of like settle, settle in for a moment, okay? So close your eyes, and I want you guys to imagine or visualize the power in the Spirit of God here in this room. Just imagine that it's present, try and visualize it. Okay? So I want you to visualize that it's streaming down, it's streaming down from heaven now as we're here. So what I want each of you to do while your eyes are closed is I want you to shift your body physically just slightly. And I want you to move into alignment until you feel that snap in with that power that's coming down from heaven. So a lot of times this is just shifting forward and we feel that snap in with the power and the presence of God. Okay, so once you're in that place and you're connected with him, I want you to ask God what he has to say or what he has for you to do. So this can be a revelation of truth for you or it can be highlighting a specific person. It can be anything. It can be a color, it can be a feeling. But we're just going to take a moment to assume whatever we get is something that God is either trying to break down a lie or God is trying to empower a truth or thirdly, give you a task. Okay, now I want you to ask God what are you supposed to do with this piece of information? How do you seal the truth into yourself? How do you break the lie into yourself? How do you reach out to the person that's on your mind that God has placed on your heart? How do you enact the steps? Just ask him to give you one thing, just one little thing. You're, you're not asking for the whole ro roadmap. You're asking for just the one next step. Okay, so if God put a person on your heart, or if God put a task or step on your heart, I would like you to quietly but audibly, verbally, pray out a little prayer to God right now of God, help me to seal that truth in my heart. God, I pray for breakthrough over that person that I love or that you love, God. God, help me with forgiveness in my heart that I can reach to that person. God, give me the courage to take the one next step. Okay, awesome. So what I want you guys to do in going away from this 
is one, I think that you should probably write this down in your smartphone or on your piece of paper, like what it is that God instructed you to do. And what I'm challenging you to do is actually do it. And I would also like to challenge you that every day you at least take five minutes to do this exercise. It can be at the beginning of your day, if that's what you want, or it can be at the end of your day. But the most beneficial thing that I've learned about supernatural ministry is it is a way for me to get instruction from God in the middle of my days, in the middle of the ministry, and whatever it is that I'm doing. I don't have to go find the mountaintop and sit up there for hours or days. I can hear about it here and now, and what do I need to know? What do I need to do as I'm driving on my way to do something? You know, what is the purpose of this one day? So I want to challenge you all to bring that into your daily practice. It only takes a few minutes and start doing that. Let's pray all together. So God, I thank you that you have created us to be in partnership with you and that you meet us exactly where we are that you could come and enter in into the messiness of this world and bring your kingdom and the change of the of the heavens into this world lord god i thank you that you can partner with every person here to make a difference and i just break off any lies now in the name of jesus any lies on a record player that are trying to tell you that you can't um that you're not worthy, that this is not for you. I just break that off, and I just bless you with new eyes that when you look in the words of, um, of Jesus and of God and in the Bible, that you read that and you see the words, you, me, in there, and you know that it applies to you and that Jesus was talking to you. He wasn't talking to somebody else. So I just declare freedom and empowerment over this crowd now in the name of Jesus. And I just declare that Blue Water will be a change maker even more so than what we have been in this community, in this island, and in the world. I just bless you guys with influence. I bless you with whatever spiritual gifting that I have had to be able to hear from God or faith that I've been able to um, channel from God. I just bless you and I bless your body and your spirit to receive that in Jesus' name.